0: Everybody, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, and whatever other festivals and holidays are going on this time of year. We are recording in mid December 2016. What a year it has been. Um, and uh, and so, as always, we're, we're super grateful. We have two podcasts the, the Vox Community Podcast, which is uh, voxoc.com. That is the teaching and the uh, stories from our little church in North Orange County, California. And we also have this podcast, the, the Vox podcast, which is at voxpodcast.com. Um, we are so grateful. We have 51 Patreon supporters, almost $1,500 a month. That blows our minds um, uh, in terms of the kindness and generosity of folks. We just had somebody donate some new microphones to us. And so mm-hmm. uh, we're excited to break those out. But anyway, I mean, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for your participation, your questions, your criticisms, your feedback. We this is just ridiculously fun. So if you if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash vox podcast. And um and there for five dollars you get a really ridiculous gift for twenty five dollars you get stuff for fifty dollars you get more stuff uh, so check that out and and thank you for those of you who've who've already signed up
1: mm-hmm. um real fast I I I'm remembering this now because it came up last night do we want to quickly explain explain like oh, that's funding right. yes yeah. okay
0: yeah so so we've gotten several questions from people who have asked. Okay, so if I support the podcast, am I supporting the church? Or if I support the church, am I supporting the podcast? And those are great questions. So um, your donations to the church, for those of you that are into that kind of thing, are um, tax deductible because the church is a 501c3 religious nonprofit profit corporation in the state of California. Um, the Vox podcast, that's not deductible because that is a we are a for-profit Um uh, company for profit proprietorship, mm-hmm. um, and uh, people have been asking, okay, so so why? What's what's the difference? And and the difference is really twofold. First, um, we have loads of people who follow the podcast who are not Jesus people and who do not want to support a church. They're they're okay supporting a podcast that talks about religious, spiritual, Christian, non Christian kinds of things, but they're not okay supporting a church, which is totally fine and uh, hallelujah. Um, and then secondly. Um, If we tie the podcast in with the church, uh, we can't talk about all the things we would want to talk about, namely politics. So um, to be be for profit isn't that we're trying to to make a bunch of money off of this. It rather gives us the freedom to talk about anything, which is kind of our tagline, talk about anything. And it allows people... Uh, the opportunity to support the podcast without supporting the church uh, because we've had a couple of instances where people have wanted to do just that. So that's the difference. Yeah. So Patreon is not tax deductible uh, to Vox community. That is tax deductible. Um, and we're we're astounded by the generosity both directions. Yep, I mean, it absolutely. is absolutely crazy. Um, and so Andy just bought a new car uh, with that <laughs> Patreon money. So we're very grateful for that. Oh yeah. That's a junker so yeah yeah seriously um so so just a quick story that ties into a value that ties into an email okay that's what we got today all right a quick story that ties into a value that ties into an email so um uh yours truly um followed by andy of course and now andy tries to usurp it but i started it which you know shocking that Andy would jump in and try to take it over. <laughs> um, yours truly, uh, Fat Boy Slim here has uh, has decided to train for a Spartan race. And if you don't know what a Spartan race is, it's part of a large uh, industry called obstacle course racing. You've got the Mudders, and you've got uh, the Spartan races, and there are other ones that are they're that very well known. And uh, and and we're doing a sprint at the end of January. And it's so it's what three to five miles, fifteen mm-hmm. to twenty obstacles. And yeah. Those obstacles are dumb. I mean, it's like <laughs> here's a hundred pounds of gravel, carry it half mile up a hill. Yeah, here's a rope, climb that rope. Here are monkey bars, um, here yeah. walls to climb. Here's mud to crawl through with yeah. barbed wire hanging over you. I mean, those sorts of things. So, so it's just. But as my mama would say, and she has said this to me many times, if you're gonna be dumb, you got to be tough. So, uh, that's my motto. And, uh, so I'm going to, I need, I need something to kickstart the reverse fat process that needs to happen with, uh, with me. Yeah. So, so I have to have a deadline and literally it's a deadline, either I die or I cross the line. It's one of those two. I, I think you're going to make it. You're looking, you're looking pretty good these days. Well, Andy, Andy was very gracious. She said, you know, you're looking less pear shaped and more block shaped, which <laughs> I'll take at this point, the bar is so low. I'll take it now. Part of this, uh, of course, requires all sorts of new gear to lift and to grasp and to run, and and so I went on um, Amazon and I I bought some socks from uh, they're waterproof socks because you're doing a bunch of mud, uh, and uh, they're from Mud Gear, and um and so they're through Amazon Marketplace, and so Mud Gear. Uh, sent me this email. Um, you know how you have auto kind of conf- confirmations of your order, mm-hmm. so this is the email I got. And and usually these confirmations I just delete or I put into a separate file just to keep them in case something doesn't show up. Right. But this one grabbed me immediately because I thought it was so cool. So Mike, this is Malco, owner of Mudgear. I saw your order coming from our uh, come in for our trail socks. Phenomenal choice. I just told my jacked-up warehouse team to quit doing wall traverses on the rack shelves (laughs) and to put a rush order on them. We're going to bust tail to get them on your feet ASAP so they can start propelling you to all new levels of badassery while they're killing it in the warehouse to deliver for you why don't you take a minute and get your head right for what's about to go down focus your mind crank out 30 burpees right freaking now if you have to i did not by the way when i read that (laughs) to uh, occupy your mind while you wait for shipment you can check out our new guide called warrior strong how to become resilient to injury and obstacle course racing which somehow they knew i would need that um, if you need anything before or after, you can reply to this email. I love how easy that is, um, and we'll take care of you. You have my personal thanks for being a customer. We eat, breathe and dream, obstacle course racing live to support athletes like you now, the fact that they called me an athlete was worthy enough to just keep the keep the email but I loved I loved the tone and the feel, and I loved the fact that I could reply to the email it wasn't a do not reply auto confirmation no right. i'm sure it 's a template, of course. But there was just this, it had this kind of unique sort of vibe to it. Now, once the socks, once they mailed the socks, I got this email. Mike, this is Malka, owner of Mudgear. Thank you again for your order of our trail socks. According to our records, your box of badassery has been delivered. I hope they're exactly what you're looking for, and I'd like to know what you think. If there's any problem with your order, please reply to this email um, uh, right away and give us the opportunity to correct it. So I love, I love, I love. So good. So good. So... Um so the thing that really stood out for me when we started Vox so so um we we had wanted to to do a church and uh, we wanted hospitality so we called it countercultural friendship or hospitality kind of the image of a table uh, and a meal sharing a meal together around a table that was the image we wanted for our community and so hospitality was going to be a huge deal and we were looking at different ways that businesses do customer service and uh the malco email reminded me of a value that uh, we stole from apple so andy um speaking of badassery andy used to <laughs> work for apple he was a he was a genius he was a creative um and uh and apple i've always been really impressed with apple stores um not just how they look and 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 what's sold there but i've always been impressed with um, uh, their orientation towards customers, mm-hmm. and so when we were dreaming about Vox and hospitality, I just kind of threw out this dumb statement. I was like, you know, I love, I love for Vox to feel a bit like an Apple Store, where you come in, it's people in the same t-shirts, and they're just they they're just there to be helpful. They're not selling anything, um, they because the products sell themselves. They're mm-hmm. not they're 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 really into a certain kind of culture. So Andy uh, took about half a day. And just from memory, um, went over how Apple trains its employees, and and you know just the, the, the like the high level stuff. Um, and we adapted some of that mm-hmm, to use mm-hmm. for how how we train our folks at Vox. And um, and one of the things that came out of that discussion, we have three values. Um, for If, if somebody's going to be a team member at Vox, um, everybody gets, it's, it gets trained the same way in hospitality. And there are three values um, to embody hospitality, uh, to value people, and to be a lifelong learner. And um, to, to embody hospitality and to value people, those are very specific, like we do very specific training. But to be a lifelong learner, we, we do something we just ripped from Apple straight <laughs> uh called feedback now apple has a template they use uh to give and receive feedback the apple uh and and andy of course chime in but Apple has this really interesting uh, flat organizational structure mm-hmm. where there is hierarchy, but feedback is encouraged every single direction. Yep. It, it, and it's a culture where no one's offended if they get feedback that is uh, constructive. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to build that into a church because we're, we're all in process. We're all falling short. Mm-hmm. We're all working on our stuff together. And so we we instituted this value of feedback that we framed positively as kind of a lifelong learner. Yeah. And uh, so I want to talk about quickly a feedback because we got some. Right. And this is actually really helpful feedback. So um, picture uh, four quadrants, okay, mm-hmm. that form a square. And picture on the vertical axis um, uh, the the word general up top and the word specific on bottom. hmm um, and then picture on the horizontal axis at the top of the cube, uh, the word positive and the word negative. Mm-hmm. So feedback is positive or feedback is negative. Feedback is general or feedback is specific. Yes. So specific feedback. Uh, Andy, let's use like, because cause sermons are my world, let's use sermons as an example. <laughs> Give me an example. Give me an example, Andy, of of general positive feedback. Yeah.
1: Hey, Mike. Yeah, your teaching was pretty good today.
0: Right. So positive in the sense that it was meant to encourage. General in the sense that there was nothing um, exact or precise about the nature of the feedback. Right. It was simply a general affirmation. Ah, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, and and um, and then, of course, you have a general negative feedback. You mean example? Oh, general negative feedback? Of, of a sermon, Yep. Uh,
1: Mike, your sermon wasn't so good this week. Yeah.
0: Hated it. Something was off. You You sucked. Um, You know, general negative feedback. Now, people think that general positive is helpful Mm -hmm. and it is not because you've told me all you've done is you've given me just a general like a preference statement right right that you liked it
1: right and on the inverse it could even go as far to be hurtful if like someone is hoping and put a ton of work into something and then the person that they're hoping it impresses just like oh it's
0: pretty good yeah it was pretty good
1: yeah (laughs) so it could actually disempower people exactly yeah
0: if it's given um without any specificity so when people come up and say hey that was a great talk Thank you. Good. I'd my 24 that.
1: hours of sermon prep really uh, I delivered. Love,
0: well, I'm glad that it's that and not the alternative, <laughs> but it's not terribly helpful. Yeah. So Apple places a premium on specific feedback. Mm-hmm. So specific positive feedback is, hey, uh, when you said this sentence or this verse or that story yeah. or this line, that is super helpful. Mm-hmm. um uh or specific negative when you said this, it made me think this or when you when you when you did that, it made me feel like this. sure like that is so
1: so sure. hey hey like last week, like hey, what you um hey, using the traditional shorthand to refer to uh the conservative view of uh marriage correct was hurtful was hurtful for hurtful. some right
0: yeah absolutely very that specific. was very specific feedback. So so we live in a world of positive, um, general positive, and general negative. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it, like it. Not helpful for anybody. Right. Um, uh, even when you read, like, movie reviews or TV review. I mean, it's just the more specific, the better right. the review is, right? The more general, it's like, well, anyone can do that. Yeah. So we have a value, just like Apple, for giving and receiving uh, specific feedback, both positive and negative. Um, and, and we want to be the kind of community where that's encouraged. So that's why we call it lifelong learning is that I, I never, am assuming I've arrived. I'm never uh, claiming territory in a church because church people are crazy. They claim territory and this is my job forever and no one can tell me what to do. And, and we just want to blast all of that to say, mm-hmm. no, no, I mean, the, 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 the least theologically trained person is welcome to give me specific feedback. Right. Um, it's not just the the. Uh, I, I. No one gets to just play the. Well, I've been in seminary and you haven't, mm-hmm. and so you've got nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Apple embodies a flat organization by inviting uh, people to give feedback all over. Right.
1: Um, regardless, quite right, and I think we've intentionally created direct avenues that make it a possibility because we could leave it out there and say, Oh, you're allowed to do this, but even having a process in which you can um, can be difficult to navigate. So, like, we made an email that's specific that's just feedback at voxoc.com, yes, and then we even have a phone number that's a QA question uh, thing that we do during the sermon. So, it's, it's similar, like, people do kind of give feedback through that, yep. but it's clear channels that basically run really um, in and out, up and down to everybody in the certain role and and position so it doesn't um yeah it's just our commitment to to making room for for feedback and that we're all in process
0: yes and and we're not in the we're not in the business of customer service we don't have customers in a church right but what we have instead are brothers and sisters and there have to be a way there has to be a way uh of um allowing folks to express grievances hopes uh, disappointments things that are excited about encouragements um, and, uh, and create a place where that's safe, create a place where um, uh, people who have been, who've been hurt or are recovering can, uh, can work out that stuff, um, to create a place where nobody just gets to sit in a, an isolated room above uh, all criticism or feedback or whatever. So that, that mechanism, that feedback Has been um, that 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 it's been helpful in marriage because the line they give the line the Apple employees use, and it's a beautiful line. Hey, I have some negative specific feedback for you right now. Is now a good time to talk about it? Yeah, and think about how many relationships would be impressed or improved. Excuse me. If people just use that line, yeah. right? Is now a good time to talk yeah. about this? I have some negative specific feedback. It lets people know it's coming. Right. Um, it's specific. So it's not attacking the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a kindness to the timing of when it, because it, sometimes right. I can receive feedback and I'm in a great place to receive it. Right. And other times I'm not. Right. And it's, but yeah, it's permission. You know, and this is—it's not, it's not the way we look
1: at permission for like signing a field trip. Like, oh, I need your permission to go do something. Rather, it's knowing at least when you open your mouth and say something, it's going to be received. It's an Why expression. Time?
0: It's an expression of hospitality. Yeah. of care for the other. Mm-hmm. To say I've got something to say, I want you to know it's negative, but I also want to respect that you may not 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 every time to hear negative feedback is equal. Right. Right. There are times I'm I'm coming out of fullness and I feel I, I feel secure. Other times I'm coming out of insecurity or fear and I'm gonna hear feedback and receive it entirely differently depending on where I am. Right. So a story Leading to a value, mm-hmm. leading to an email. Yeah,
1: by the way, none of this was an ad or endorsement, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, we don't know Mudgar. Although, yeah, we don't, although yeah. I'm
0: going to email them back and say, hey, we mentioned you on our big podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> how about some free socks? <laughs> um, uh, I'm just complimenting them in their customer service. I just absolutely thought yep. it was phenomenal. All right, so we got an email um, last night, as a matter of fact, um, from a gentleman who was excellent at giving feedback. And he's, he gave some positive feedback and gave some negative specific feedback. And uh, he, I, he, um, he, I asked him permission to share this. He said, yes, as long as we don't use it for podcast fodder. And I didn't know what that meant, because uh, to me this stimulates great questions and conversation. So I'm gonna read and kind of react a bit to the email as we go. Yeah. Uh, just because, it, uh, it, it 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 critiques some of the space we're occupying uh, in the podcast world, and so so I think it's worthy of of thinking about. So, um, he he gives some specific positive feedback. Um, I've been listening to you for several months now at the suggestion of my pastor, uh, which is awesome. Probably thirty of your podcasts, some of your sermons. Uh, he get, then gives some specific positive feedback, which is very gracious. And, and if ever you're going to give negative, man, it's always great to like lead with. No, I really do appreciate some things. Um, I've loved this time listening to you, uh, yet I'm thinking I have to stop. I've become increasingly concerned about what you're conveying to your target demographic, millennials, best I can tell. We don't have a target demographic, by the way. Um, Now, I am definitely not your demographic, as I'm a 63-year-old white male in NorCal who has been an evangelical Christian for about 40 years. And then he adds this beautiful line, No, I didn't vote for Trump, Hillary, or Hillary either, for that matter. Um, I do not expect your teaching to address my generation. In fact, one of the reasons I've been listening to you is to make sure I'm not just in my little own echo chamber. How great is that? Yeah. To, for, I mean.
1: Wonderfully to, self-aware.
0: Oh, well, and I want to be that kind of 63-year-old, right? I mean, I've, I've learned as as, uh, 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 as people get older, and I, I mean 50s, 60s, 70s people either get more and more open and generous and kind, or they get more brittle and angry and bitter. And I mean, it's a world of difference between the two. And so I just want to affirm this guy for being the kind of person that recognizes there are such things as echo chambers and to, to make sure he's not sitting in one. I love that. I love that and affirm that. So to me, I just already go, man, What I, I'm interested in what he has to say. Uh, He said, that said, I have two main concerns about the meta message you deliver to your millennial listeners. So any use of the word meta, we're in automatically. Andy (laughs) is automatically, meta is such a hipster word. He's in. Yeah. In. Are you sure
1: you're not our target demographic?
0: Right. Seriously. Come on, 63. Uh, Number one. All right. So I'm going to read through it and then I'm going to respond to it. Number one, you relentlessly condemn the church evangelicals, American evangelicals, the American evangelical church, conservative Christians, dot, dot, dot. If I were one of your millennial listeners, I would conclude that there is no good anywhere in the church other than maybe the one you're leading. Uh, I know that is not true, nor it is fair or factual. So if that's the impression we have given, then, then you're absolutely right. That is wrong and we should not be doing that. If if we've given the impression, either two impressions, one, there is no good anywhere in the church or that we're the only church doing it right, that is arrogant, presumptuous, that is a slam on the bride of Jesus. Absolutely, totally agree. If that's the message we're giving, then uh, we are wrong. No question about it. And, um, and, and while we talk about Vox, I hope we don't talk about it as um something that is uh perfect something that is better something that is in any way superior um we're just trying something different and mm-hmm. we're learning and making mistakes along the way that's all this is yeah um he said you are very unbalanced in your presentation of topics in the sense of fairly presenting other views in the church yes uh, I agree with that. I'm not I'm not representing the conservative views well on the podcast because I'm not spending much time interacting with them. Right. Plus um, the
1: conservative views are extremely loud in the media
0: space in general. Well, yes. For instance, now here's great here's great specific negative feedback. For instance, in the December 9th podcast on exclusivity, you mentioned so-called conservative views for about one minute of a 68-minute podcast, and you used your typical dismissal. I get that, but (laughs) honestly, Mike, I feel you are being disrespectful and demeaning to the church. Perhaps you have been hurt by the church, as many of us have. And the answer is yes. Yes, I have been. Um, And I'm going to respond to all this just in just a second. He's got one more paragraph. What? I was just going to
1: say after, and, and it's, I, you know, whatever, if, if I'm going to be the one that's on the critical angle of it, like if, if you've listened to 30 episodes of the podcast, I come off surprised that you wouldn't figure that out. That, so that, that, to that me, that's been a, hurt. Yeah. That you've been hurt by the church. So anyways.
0: Yeah. So, so yes, I have, we'll get to that in a second. My question for you though, is where are all the people you're reaching going when they accept Christ? The answer of the church, of course. Help them understand the church, how varied it is, it, it often gets wrong, and what it often gets right, what it's worked through over 2,000 years, help them understand that your church will be no better or, or different. It will be a group of sinful people trying their best to figure out how to be more like Jesus. Amen. Yeah, we never want to get that, give that impression. In fact, we tell our people all the time, we're going to disappoint you. Yeah. Please don't hold us out as the non-disappoint you church. We're going to it's disappoint going you. To we just don't know how. So my feedback to you regarding constant condemnation of the church is in the immortal words of Bob Newhart, showing my age, stop it. And then he sent a YouTube link to an old Bob Newhart uh, episode. Now, first of all, um, thank you so very much for specific feedback. Mm -hmm. And like I've already said, um, if if that's the message, see, we want the message to be about Jesus. We don't want to be a message to be a message about the church. Um, we use the, uh, the behavior of the church sometimes as a foil for how Jesus be- is beautiful and how his beauty has been obscured. And I felt justified doing that for the following reasons, all right? Now, now again, I'm not trying to say you're wrong. I'm trying to say, no, no, I very well could be way too negative. And I've not gone back to listen some, to some of the earliest podcasts where evidently I was an angry, angry young man. <laughs> um, hopefully I'm mellowing out my old age. Kind um, of find out
1: you have a, a an alter ego on a forum somewhere, just completely oh, raging. Lord, don't even, don't even <laughs> pull the Driscoll
0: <laughs> card right now. All right, um, so, so here's why I feel justified in criticizing the church. All right, number one, um, the, the prophetic critique in the Old Testament was always of the people of God. It was relentless. God was relentless in dripping uh, critique on his people through the prophets there were there obviously warnings now i'm not in any way shape or form saying in any way shape or form ever that i'm in any way shape or form related to what god was doing there and i'm somehow doing that for the church no 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 i just know god's heart often when it comes to um criticism or judgment is expressed towards his people first um you see this with jesus Jesus's harshest words were for the religious hypocrisy. He talks about hell only in those contexts. He goes after, after the hypocrisy of the, of the religious elite. Um, and when he comes across people that are uh, broken, that are sinful, that have been marginalized and discounted, he talks to them differently. Now, obviously there are some religious elite folks who he, he disciples and meets with and invites in others though he is their pits of snakes and their children of vipers and and their whitewashed tombs i mean the the language is just it's hyperbolic and it's part of the prophetic tradition of the old testament jesus carries forward even in the book of revelation when you have jesus speaking words to churches their words are very specific positive and specific negative feedback right for them so so there is i think a deep well of permission to critique the church now if that critique becomes condemning it's wrong yeah, because what we don't want to say is that there's nothing good in the church, or, or that somehow we've given up on it. Uh, in fact, we did a we we did a uh, like three part series on why people are leaving the church, and the last part of that was why we're still in. Yeah, and and here's the biggest thing I want you to know, sir. The reason we started a church was because we realized we could not just sit and critique it without trying to do something to help. Yeah. We so so in our mind in my mind the critique is directed at me because I've been a part of the evangelical movement for 20 years as a leader and as a public figure and as a teacher. And secondly, it's also aimed at at the 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 church that I love that I'm never going to give up on that i that I um have committed my life to serving and leading and teaching, and it's a reflection of of the deep passion we have that the church is non negotiable that we wouldn't just settle for doing a podcast but we launched a church out of one mm-hmm. um we're we don't want to be folks who are just known for condemning the church, so to the degree we have condemned it. Um, I repent and I am sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to Jesus and I'm sorry to his followers. To the degree we've criticized it, I'm not sorry. Because there is legitimate harm that has to be called out and dealt with. Uh, The story, so the harm done to me, the harm done that I've done to people and then the very legitimate stories of harm that have done have to be talked about, discussed so that they can be healed. We cannot just sit and pretend, yes, it's imperfect and and wipe away the stories of sexual abuse, the stories of religious abuse or spiritual abuse, the, the, the staggering numbers of megachurch pastors that are falling into sin and divorcing and drinking and whatever else. We have to address that stuff and so if it's critical i don't apologize for that if it's condemning you're absolutely right and i repent there is so much good in the church you're absolutely right there is nowhere else to go this is what we're saved into we're saved into an imperfect community and so our view about what vox is is it's another expression of the imperfect community that's called the church end of story not better Not superior different and We'll make our own mistakes, but we're trying to address some of the big holes we see theologically um, and practically in church practice and theology that's currently out there. Yeah. So I think that's a legitimate expression. So uh, because it's always easier to criticize than to create. So I I thought, first of all, what a well-spoken critique. And if that's the message that people are getting is there's nothing good in the church, then we're dead wrong absolutely dead wrong and terribly sorry to have conveyed that message because jesus is found one of the many places jesus is found is right in the middle of his church right mm-hmm. that is his body yeah so that was that was big point number one big meta message point number one love it and i and i thought it'd be interesting to talk about because i would imagine that we've got we've got uh you know two or three kinds of listeners we've got we've got a crew of listeners that churches it's dead to them Either it's not interesting or they've been so hurt by it, they're never going back. yeah, we also have a crew of of listeners who are suspicious, they're disenchanted, they're disenfranchised, they've been exiled, they've been marginalized, and they need to hear that their disenfranchisement is given voice, and uh, they need to hear. That uh, there are there are still those of us out there who have not given up on the church, despite its many flaws, but are are trying to find new expressions and forms, wineskins and biblical language for the beautiful wine of the gospel of Jesus. And so, um, we 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 feel it necessary to do two things at once: to talk about the beautiful Jesus, and to give voice to some of the hurts. Uh, that are legitimate in, uh, in and that, that people have experienced at the hands of religion and religious people. And then there's a third kind of listener, which is just, hey, I'm happy with church. It's great. It's glorious. Why are you so negative? Um, and, and to to kind of have a podcast that speaks to all three uh, is very interesting for us. Um, and the feedback we get is interesting for us. And so we're just, if, we, if we've over-aired on one side of that, uh, we'll do better. The second critique he has um, is, um, you seem to carefully avoid taking a stand on the side of truth. So this is a pretty serious critique. I have learned much from you about grace and, and could stand to learn a lot more from you about that. What a gracious way to say this. But you assiduously, good word, avoid taking any kind of stand with respect to what your listeners might consider to be tough truths, homosexual behavior being the one you've avoided big time. Podcast 58 is yet another example. Again, love the specificity of these. Yeah, um, Where I quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, come on, Mike. You cannot just push that aside like you did in the podcast. And you cannot avoid that Jesus did indeed speak more than once of what awaits those who do not embrace the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely. It's why we're doing a series on hell right now in the church. We're actually doing a series on hell. Um, So I don't, I don't avoid, I don't want to avoid stuff like that. I agree with you that Jesus is beautiful, but he did say some hard things uh, that we, he knew we needed to hear. Absolutely. Um, and he gives several examples. I, I'm wondering if you're conflating methods for evangelism. I'm with you totally in many ways on this. For example, you cannot frighten people into the kingdom um, with a need to avoid speaking truth um grace without truth is just as destructive as the opposite i saw in imploded church yes the church has done evangelism wrong often in many ways but avoiding the truth is an overreaction to those mistakes okay i'm done like you say in your podcast this is so gracious uh, I know there's so much more to say, nuances to address. I probably screwed this up or worse, hurt you in some way. Uh, <laughs> you did not hurt me. Um, I, oh, he adds a parenthesis. I don't always see clearly with that plank in my eye. So let me end with this. We do not know each other, so I probably have no basis to make the comments I have. That's that's false. Absolutely, you do have basis to make the comments you have. <laughs> I therefore ask in advance for your forgiveness. Don't need to. You are a brother in Christ, putting yourself out there in his name. I admire, respect, love you greatly for that. I'm humbled by what you do. Holy cow. So first of all, that's just a great lesson on how to give feedback. Yeah, It's specific. It's bathed in kindness. He's not attacking my person. Oh my goodness. I can hear this and resonate with this and marinate on this. Mm -hmm. So this kind of feedback I do. I marinate on it. I, I, I go and I say, okay, God, is this true? Some thoughts on the avoiding truth, because uh, I think this is this is a big one, um, and and I don't have, so so I see why you say that for sure, and I also see the podcast space we're trying to inhabit different from a church space, so in a church space um, it, when you're, when you're sermonizing, uh, and when you are talking predominantly to people who are come there, knowing they'd come there knowing it's a church. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel freedom to have a certain kind of conversation. Um, when you're in a podcast space and you have listeners from every imaginable background, there is a different kind of, of, of space that um, I don't, I don't, I can't just assume everyone buys the Bible. I can't just assume you just, you say, hey, um, you know, you avoid speaking the truth about homosexuality. Well, for some of our listeners, as we've talked about, the truth about homosexuality is that their homosexuality is not addressed in the Bible. Yeah. Um, for others, no, nope, their homosexuality is addressed in the Bible and they're invited to be celibate. For, for still others, nope, all homosexuality is wrong, um, even orientation, forget it. So how do you speak truth, quote unquote, into that environment? Well, the biggest thing we've tried to do is to talk about how the conversation needs to be had. We've not gone through the truth passages. Um, uh, we're, we're not advancing a particular view of sexuality yet. Now, we are going to talk about sexuality this year in some podcast forums, Because I think there's a ton of cultural stuff to talk about. We will talk about kind of where we land on this stuff. But um, the conversation we've been having around LGBTQ is less about the rightness or wrongness of LGBTQ and much more about the rightness and wrongness about how they've been treated in the church community and how they should be treated while we're in the midst of this massive discernment Mm -hmm. about where we stand on these matters. Right. So so I'm with you on... Uh, I've assiduously avoided yes I have I said two podcasts ago I hold the tradition view that was hurtful to some folks because the tradition view to them simply means they're in sin there's no possibility of redemption they should be rejected they're not trusted they're not well they're welcome but they're not loved you know we're trying to change them I mean this whole they pack so much into that and my learning was okay I can't use that shorthand because what I mean by the tradition view is something different than that so so I I respect the fact that you feel like we're avoiding hard teachings um, and 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 I'm always open to that critique because that's the last thing we want to do. But I also feel like, like we're having this conversation at the community about hell. Well, we're going to spend probably five or six weeks on this topic. Um, we're not going to run away. We're not going to avoid it uh we want to talk about cost of of following jesus um there are just some things you talk about from inside the faith and there are other things you talk about outside the faith right Mm -hmm. so so yes i have a view on the age of the earth and i have a view on this and this and this but 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 i try to keep some of that murky in the podcast space because we're trying to engage we're trying to model how engagement should look and conversation should happen um and so, so I'm open to the critique, but at the same time, I go, uh, but there's this church thing, and so I'd want you to listen to that to see if we're avoiding the hard stuff. Also, yeah. one of the series, um, one of the series is that series is that I'm working on series uh, that I'm working on in the future is Embarrassed by the Bible. So I think that'll be a good podcast series for I want to go to those passages that are the either the most difficult teaching or the most embarrassing parts of the Bible and yeah. go, hey let's look at these yeah and and just and just say, yep, here they are. Here's maybe ways we can understand them. here's pieces of cultural background. So if if a year from now you still feel this way, um, I will re-engage with this critique.'m I'm, I'm just not sure yet. Because because you you're onto something when you say I'm talking about evangelism, um, we're talking about how cultural engagement should happen, mm-hmm. and we're doing more of that and less than hey here's my view. See, there are loads of sermon uh, podcasts where you know the view is given, and there are loads of discussion podcasts where mm-hmm. we just kind of marinate on something. We're trying to do something a little different than that, which is here's cultural engagement. Um, and we're trying to model it. We're trying to work on a theology around it. We're trying to practice it. Um, and uh, and so anyway, what are your thoughts, Andy Bear? Um. Okay, this is going to come out of
1: this is a, good, a, a left field thought here. Oh, shocking. Um, I was I, I was thinking about this on the way home, and I, I loved what you just said now because it it kind of tied in tied it in. Um, it's interesting to talk about how the church treats. Uh, people outside the church the posture in the commission is to invite in to share gospel to share it right to, to help right. people understand what it means to play a part and what it means in, in independently and also communally and corporately that's right um, I think when we look at the promise that's been given us covenant relationship from God mm-hmm. um, we've talked about this in other podcasts and I was thinking about this last night it's like co- contractual relationship sounds like it defines your decision making based on right and wrong versus covenant decision making becomes more about freedom and oppression or pleasure versus pain like you're 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 analyzing am i bringing joy am i bringing gospel to this person i'm in a relationship with or am i taking from them which is going to cause cause pain that's mm-hmm. that's uh, malicious and or maybe safely challenging like am i am i presenting challenges that are healthy that are for the benefit of the one or am i creating joy so when i think about going out and trying to represent jesus to me, it's, it seems like there needs to be this deeper reflection of covenant love to neighbor in grace. So that means I'm not going to people with contractual mindset of right and wrong and trying to hold them to this mo- this morality that somehow is supposed to spark their interest to God. Yep. But rather to represent a promise that says, what does it look like for me to submit myself so that you find joy? And that represents this gospel that I'm so convicted by.
0: Andy, that's not out of left field. That's actually, that's actually half decent. Oh, good. Okay. I am impressed. <laughs> B- because we've talked a lot about how do you engage with people outside the faith? Grace before truth. Kindness leads uh, to repentance. Uh, the pre-acceptance of table fellowship. Now, see, and that is the knock. Well, you're not preaching hard truth. Uh, who did Jesus preach hard truth to? Um, he preached hard truth to covenant people. And it goes back to our first point. Right. I, I don't see Jesus walking around to the centurion, the leper, the woman caught in adultery. Yes, go and send them more. But after um, Zacchaeus, come down, uh, I must eat with you. I mean, there's all of this like pre-grace before truth that did the work. Just And, and this, sir, is where I think we would disagree. Just announcing the truth. And thinking that is all that's required to engage culture today is one of the biggest catastrophes the church has fallen into. We, to just sit and say, yep, here's my view on LGBTQ and shut that down, Nope. We want to create a mutually transformative community where I'm listening to the stories and the interpretations of scripture from gay brothers and sisters, and they're factoring in to whatever my view is. Right.
1: Putting truth. Putting truth first in this case seems ex- incredibly authoritative. R- versus like uh, like us to listen to your point requires us to be submissive to that. Like to me, that's servanthood. You know, walking into that scenario.
0: Yeah, and and it seems like okay. Um, it, who did he say hard truth to? Yep, Christians, great. But so much of the hard truth is, Um, that you're referencing is, um, it's not the hard truth of love of enemy, um, bless those who persecute you, uh, serve the poor, right? The hard truth you're pointing to is different kinds of hard truth. And so it's moral and sexual. Mm. And I am with you. Our, Our world is unbelievably sexually confused and the gospel needs to be spoken into. But how does the gospel speak to sexual issues? Does it speak by here's the truth? Without any context, without any covenant, without any incarnation, or does it speak? Does it speak out of kindness, concern, and grace first? So, so I think that's, and, and I'm sure you're you're sitting there thinking i misunderstood, or I'm blind, or you know I'm 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 I've missed your point on this. Um, and so, please, more feedback is needed. But I think I see your number two as a uh, extension of your number one. And, and, and that's where I go, ah, okay. I, I don't want to be the kind of person that doesn't go to the hard stuff. Um, I've, I've written tons about sexuality. I've spoken tons. We've gone through song of Solomon three or four times. I mean, I've, I've talked about this like crazy. Um, but in this issue, because we want to model engagement, Yeah, I have not been going over my interpretation of Leviticus and my interpretation of Romans 1. I have those opinions, but we're trying to create... Um, a culture where people can come to the table and not be shut down immediately by just smacking people with, well, the truth is you're in sin, and unless you agree with me, all conversation's over.
1: Right, and and, for, and first and foremost, because we couldn't, we hey, we simply couldn't do that to every person that's walking around in sin, because that would mean every single one of us.
0: Boom. <laughs> so, so yes, I totally respect what you're saying, and I totally respect it, getting to the point where you're like, hey, you guys are kind of a one-trick pony. I I got what you're saying. Hallelujah. I need to move on to John MacArthur (laughs) or whatever. Um, Totally get that. Totally respect that. Um, But I I really thought you had given such thoughtful, specific, positive, and negative feedback that I wanted to engage with it because I I also wanted to spend a little time talking about what we're trying to do here. Um, Why we do this. This isn't, this for us is an expression of the kind of cultural engagement we think is needed now, whereas the old forms of cultural engagement and the old assumptions that governed them are no longer valid. Mm-hmm. So in the podcast format is good and bad. It's good in the sense that it's more conversational than a sermon. It's bad in the sense that it's still an echo chamber, right? I'm sitting with Andy at the Vox World headquarters. He's got weird socks on today, some three-quarter sleeve shirts, <laughs> uh, Mighty Ducks hat on. Um, and, uh, and so here and I are just looking at each other, talking into a microphone. The reason lately we've been responding so much to emails and feedback is because we're, we we do not want it to just be an echo chamber. We want it to be a conversation, right. even if it's a week or two behind. Yeah. So we're so grateful, um, for your topic ideas. We're so grateful for your questions. We're so grateful for your specific feedback. Um, sir, I thank you for listening. I thank you. I'm so proud of you. I want to be that kind of 63-year-old uh, in 30 years when I get there. Um, Andy's close, and um, and so <laughs> we're excited about that. So love to hear your thoughts on all this stuff. I would love to hear the feedback of some of you. Do you feel like we're, we're too critical of the church and we're not talking about hard things? Love your thoughts on on uh, on whether you agree or disagree. Um, and, uh, always love, uh, topic ideas and questions, particularly things we haven't talked about yet. So my brothers and sisters, as always, um, we are phenomenally grateful for, uh, the time you give, um, and that you open up your life to us. And so because of that, um, we will, uh, yet again, embrace the blessing from tiny Tim. God bless us. Everyone. Right? Did I say it right this time? Yeah, you did. Uh, God bless us, everyone. Um, uh, Feliz Navidad, um, and um, uh, how do you say "Merry Christmas" in Norwegian? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Okay, we don't know. If you're <laughs> if you're listening in Norway, would you tell us? Uh, many blessings to you, my brothers and sisters. Until next time. Hey, thanks for
1: listening to the Vox Podcast. Learn more about us at voxpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Vox Podcast. And now support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash voxpodcast.